Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Well, Joe, you're wrong about this. We should have never tried. It's not going to work. You're supporting the wrong person. It's, Get off my lawn. It happens to be. <laughs> All right. There, we got that out of the way. So. Yes, indeed. Was that the levity that you always refer to? Jeez, <laughs> oh, yes. Because that. your, that's your idea of funny. You need some work. <laughs> Joe and I are already arguing, and all it is is about what temperature to have in here. All right. Welcome on board, well, everybody. Remember, I'm sitting in this bubble. It gets a little warmer in here. Does it? <laughs> Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark i'm mark lawrence on the mark sponsor with the sunbury motor company please check them out at sunburymotors.com as will be a new tradition around here we're going to invite some folks with uh, just uh, we're going to call them lay people with very informed opinions and who feel strongly about uh, candidates and important topics we've been discussing you mean our listeners who call in every day. And particular <laughs> listeners, invited listeners, oh, that okay. uh, will go out of their way to make sure that they're listening at a given time and ask them to call in. We're going to start out with John Meckley. Uh, I, I don't know how to... He's the head of the library board up in Milton and just a super community member, active volunteer on the Evangelical Community Hospital Board. Recently wrote a uh, My Turn letter to the editor that went out to the local newspapers, and we got a copy of it here. So we appreciate you checking in, John. Thanks for calling well, in today. I want to mention that it's opposing President Trump, so we set the stage correctly. All right. John, welcome aboard. Hey, good morning, guys. It's really nice to hear your voices. Hope you're doing well. Oh, yeah, we're doing uh, doing well. I'm doing fine. Okay. Joe's, Joe's having a little okay. struggle over there, but uh, he's very, anx- <laughs> he's very yeah. anxious. Yeah. He's not used but to defending his president this adamantly. So, well, your, uh, <laughs> your letter to the editor uh, was not in favor of the president, called uh, attention to really just a couple uh, important things. I mean, his lack of statesmanness and uh, inability to tell the truth and won't follow the Constitution is unfair and screwed up the pandemic and won't accept responsibility. But other than that... You forgot to mention he killed Cock Robin, too. <laughs> right. Other than, <laughs> other than that, as you, as you authored this, were you uh, nervous at all that you'd lose friends within the Republican Party? You are a Republican, but you don't wish that people vote for Donald Trump. No, listen, it was, it was uh, you know, a lot of soul-searching, and it's always hard um, to um, uh, speak out in a way that some members of your party might not understand or appreciate, but I was proud to serve as the chairman of the Republican Party locally. I was proud to be the congressional nominee of the Republican Party for Congress. And uh, in all those endeavors, guided by some really important principles that the Republican Party stands for and that are not reflected in this president. Um, It's become obvious to me that there's a significant portion of our party that's unhappy with the way this president behaves, which is unhappy with the direction this country is in. And they're reticent to speak up for one reason or another, but they deserve to have a voice. And I was happy to lend uh, my voice um, to theirs. And just to let other people know that if you feel that way, you're not alone. And most important, if you feel that way and in good conscience feel that you cannot vote for this president, that you want to vote for somebody else, it is not in any way disloyal to the Republican Party. All right, let me just... Our party... 
Let me just stop you right there. In your letter, you do say that if you're a Republican, it is okay under this circumstances to not vote Republican. So much for that, you know, you shall never speak ill of another Republican. Under these circumstances with this particular individual, that would be okay. Well, you know, that's that's Reagan's 11th commandment, right? And, and people have that, mentioned that before. But there are many people that don't believe this guy is a Republican. Listen, he, we as a Republican Party stand for some very clear values, and chief among them is moral leadership. Leadership at the top that has a moral compass, and part of that moral compass is giving us a vision for this country that's positive, that's forward-looking, that unites us, calls us together, doesn't divide us apart, treats each other with respect, and above all tells the truth, and this president has proved over and over that he can't do that. And why as Republicans, we have to stand by and and allow that to happen is beyond me it's it's if you if you step back and think about it just a little bit about how damaging that really is to our party but to our nation to have a chief executive that just can't tell the truth it's it's pretty stunning because what it is it normalizes this kind of behavior that makes it hard for our ideas to rise to the top i really believe in the republican principles other republican candidates on the ballot have my support but when we're talking about this president, his ability to tell the truth, there is a problem because our ideas are better, but people won't listen to our ideas if they don't trust us. And if people don't trust this president because he doesn't tell the truth, they don't trust our party and our ideas do not rise to the top. Question for you, uh, John. Um, do you support Fred Keller? Um, I, my problems with Fred is that he is an adamant um, supporter of the president and I don't know that he's open-minded to this kind of discussion. I've never talked to Fred about it. Um, I would prefer there's another congressman, of course, um, but uh, Fred's, Fred's on the ballot, and I'm not asking people to, to consider voting uh, in any particular way for any other office. My focus is on the president because, to me, uh, he's the leader of our party. As a party, you know, we need the police um, who's at the top of this particular ticket. And we can't let this kind of behavior continue. All right, let's um, talk about Joe Biden for a minute. Uh, he announced that he had been uh, graduated the top of his class in law school, had three <laughs> degrees. I mean, he lies, too. How do, you, how do you draw a line as to what lie is okay and what lie is not okay? I'm really glad you asked that question. Um, I listened to you guys the other day, and Mark used the word puffery. He said, you know, lots of politicians can, you know, fib, tell lies. And some of it's puffery, and that might be okay. And people need to make their own calls as to what's puffery and what's an outright lie. But this president lies on such a regular basis, and the danger in that is it's happened so often, it's become normalized, and people shrug their shoulders and say, so what? It's become so normalized that people in my party, whom I respect, that have called into your show, prefaced their comments, they did the other day, with saying, I know the president's a liar, but... <laughs> and that's not, that is not okay. It is not okay for the Republican Party our, our values are such that we need to stand, stand up for the truth. The truth still matters, and it's nowhere to be found with this guy. But that's not the only thing. You know, the Republican Party also stands for moral leadership. And that means leaders who bring us together, have a plan, and bring us forward. And this president's complete and utter failure, I'm putting my hat on now as a, as a health care volunteer, this president's complete and utter failure to find a way forward in this pandemic um, is just stunning and it's cost us lives and it's cost our economy and it's it's just um it's his lack of leadership here that that is the, the problem what is what does joe biden propose to do for about the pandemic that's any different from what the president has done or is trying to do 
I haven't heard any difference. I mean, the things Biden's outlined in his big plan, which I love, he says he's going after he's elected, he has a plan to defeat it to save lives. Wouldn't he save more lives by telling us what his plan is now? Well, I'm sure he would, and I believe his plan starts with listening to the experts. But you know, I, I'm I'm not here necessarily to defend Joe Biden. I think you know when we have a binary election and we have two choices. I'm going to choose the person that I think that can unify this country and help us heal. And in my view, that is Joe Biden. Um, but on the pandemic, I, I do not want to lose focus of how badly this president has performed. From the beginning, he failed to he failed to talk about this pandemic in ways that made it serious. True. He made decisions that caused um, uh, the pandemic to escalate in ways that never had to escalate in this country. Um, it just as a party, it just it, I, I struggle because. We as the Republican Party talk so often about the sanctity of life and how important life is. And here we are with a president who has allowed a situation to escalate in such a way that now over a thousand Americans are dying every single day. And those lives count. Those lives, the, the tragedy that happened at the uh, nursing facility in Milton is just one example locally, but it's happening all across the country. And, and there's just no leadership at the top to suspend this. Um, our, our nation is not is much health is unhealthier because of this president our economy is weaker now because of this president and um i just think as republicans uh we just need to do some soul searching because if we don't do some soul searching and honestly think about how we want to be represented um we're going to have problems in the future how do you figure uh, our economy how do you figure our economy is weaker now? I mean, up until the point that the pandemic hit, when everything was shut down, and when the president did listen to the experts, and he shut things down for a period of time, and the governors fought him tooth and nail. But, I mean, the economy up to that point, I would say, was pretty booming. We had the lowest unemployment in the history of the nation. We had people going back to work. We had jobs being brought back to the country. And yet you say um, that the president, uh, by any honest measure, our economy's weaker. How so? It, it is weaker. Well, uh, let me answer that in two parts. It's, it's, it is weaker now, Joe, because if the president wants to take credit for the economy being strong in January, he wants to take credit for how the economy appeared in January or say February. He also needs to take responsibility for the, how the economy appears now in August and September. You can't have it both ways. But in January and February, let's remember how we got there. Um, the president passed in 2018 with the help of Congress, and I think it was despite his efforts, it was the Republicans in Congress that found consensus, reached across the aisle, and passed the tax cuts that did have a positive effect on the economy. As Republicans, we should have stepped back, though, and asked the questions, what does this do to our deficit? What does this do to our national debt? And some of us did ask those questions, and the president assured us, I have a way to pay, pay down the deficit. Don't worry about the debt. But what happened instead was the deficit is now at highest levels ever. The national debt is at highest levels ever. And in 2019, as our GDP started to actually fall from the boon it got in uh, 2018, it wasn't the president, but it was the Fed that stepped in, if you recall, in 2018, and lowered interest rates again and increased its balance sheet for monetary policy reasons so that the economy could continue to be propped up and could continue to grow. And the stock market performed fabulously. And you know, many of us benefited from that. Um, but there were weaknesses there in that economy going into this year that many economists spoke about. And unfortunately, uh, none of us ever had the chance to see how that played out because the pandemic happened and because the president responded in the way he did uh, in such a uh, uncertain way without a plan that, that caused um, 
the economy to fall to where we are now. Um, had, had we had a unified plan going into this, had we stuck to a plan, had we stuck, you know, I, I understand why it was necessary to shut things down for a period, but had we done it uniformly, had we had a uniform policy across the country to prevent the social spread that's now happening again in Union County, um, I think the economy would be in a better place. The economy and this pandemic are tied together, and there's just no way to dispute that. Let me ask you this. Some folks say that President Obama and his liberal policies led to President uh, Trump. Uh, did Do you think that is true? And also, did uh, President Obama and his policies lead to Fred Keller and lead to John Rowe and, and folks that are ultra-conservative? Well, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say what caused what. But the, but the lesson for Republicans that we apparently didn't learn here is that if, if the policies of President Obama caused uh, people with a far-right opinion in our party to take, um, to take hold, to, to gain power, um, we, should, we should be learning a lesson that you don't govern in such a way to alienate the people that you just won the election from. We got to pull people together because all we've done in the last three years is made the party, the, the, the party and more important our country more and more divided. And when we're divided, we can't find the common ground. Most people in this country are moderate. They are centrist. They are in the middle. And neither party, to be quite frank, is really um, offering a, a path forward that gets us back toward that middle. But between these two candidates, between this president and between Joe Biden, I think the unifier, the person who will bring us back toward the moderate middle, is Joe Biden. But you obviously, as a Republican, espouse Republican ideals and values. <laughs> And most of what I'm hearing you say, I'm not going to argue that with you. I agree with you that you do. But most of what you're saying is personal stuff about the president. And as a Republican, aren't you worried about the policies that may be enacted if the Democrats turn out to be far left, driven far left by the Bernie Sanders wing of the party? Aren't you at all concerned that the next president will probably appoint two Supreme Court justices and how that will impact the future of the country? Yeah, I have two answers to that question, and thank you for asking that, Joe. It's an important question. First, is it's not just personal with the president. It is a matter of, of values. Um, the Republican Party has always stood for moral leadership where people follow the law, we are fair play, we tell the truth. These are not personal things. These are character things, and there's something we deserve in a leader, and they're clearly lacking here. As far as you know, the policies on the other side, I have severe policy differences. Um, with the Democratic Party, and you know that. We've talked about this time and again. But I do not think that electing Joe Biden is is going to uh, bring those into the fold so quickly. We have Republicans in Congress who are capable of, and we have checks and balances in place that are capable of holding the line here. I think what's more important is for our ideas to rise to the top. And the only way our ideas will rise to the top is if our party is trusted again, if our party is able to bring people together again. And that just won't happen with this president. Um, it, it goes back to this whole notion of being truthful and honest and that we have to be that way in the way we have our political discussions, too. I'm, and I try and be careful with my words, which really, um, it's difficult because when you talk to people uh, about politics, a lot of people can, they only have time to hear sound bites, right? So um, the word you used were socialist policies. And uh, Joe Biden is not a socialist. We, we know that... Uh, what socialism is is when the government takes control of the means of production, government owns factories and farms. He's not talking about that, so we should really talk about what it is he is talking about. He's talking about 
more progressive policies. They're not socialists, and I do not believe that he's. People keep using the phrase, "Oh, he's a Trojan horse for a Bernie Sanders wing of the party." I don't. I don't believe that for a minute. I mean, if there is a Trojan horse somewhere, I feel like our party is being asked to be a Trojan horse for this president because, in so many ways, and I'm so passionate about this. Like, our party is about beliefs and ideals and values, and this president is asking us to be a party that is about him. Well, we we survived Dick Nixon. As a party, uh, we did, and he, and he was good enough to resign to let us uh, survive. <laughs> so we could, so we could move on. Let me ask you about the unrest in the U.S. A lot of folks say, well, and I think it was the, either the mayor of Kenosha or, or Portland. Now I forget which. Overnight, said, you know, really, President Trump is why this is happening. That uh, many, many people are fed up and are uh, participating in demonstrations and, in some cases, uh, uh, violent clashes as a result. But on, at the same time, President Trump's supporters uh, have been emboldened by this. Uh, what's your your reaction as you you watch some of this unfold out in the in the Midwest? Uh, are these symptomatic of the presidency? Well, they're, they're symptomatic of a great rift and a great divide in our country, and it's just again just a, a failure of leadership. You know, you just you can't blame one person for for any particular thing, but. This president's rhetoric, this president's choice of words, this president's inability to speak in, in words, in tones, in a way that unifies the country and calms us down, reassures us that there's a positive future, that, under, that admits shortcomings, that, yes, we have a lot of work to do on race and, and uh, equity in this country. But as Republicans, we're equipped to do that work, but he won't stand up and, and do the hard work. And um, so I guess in that... Bain, you know, he is responsible for, for, for some of that, but, but we all are as a society. And I, I guess that's my bigger point. We all as a society are responsible for these kinds of things. And the way that we um, uh, make a difference is we vote. And that's the most important thing to me is people need to get out and vote. And as Republicans, we should vote our conscience. And I'm telling Republicans that if in your conscience, your heart of hearts, you are told that you cannot support this president, that's okay. If your conscience tells you in your heart of hearts you'd rather vote for the other candidate, that's okay. What's more important is the future of our party in the long term. What's more important is the future of our country. And I honestly believe that. Got to ask you this question, John, and, and, and I think it's a fair one. You may disagree. Did you vote for the president four years ago? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, but I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. So I'm one of those people everyone's mad at. Uh, <laughs> well, I, yeah. voted for the <laughs> I voted for the independent, <laughs> right? That's what Mark I, and I, I did. I, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and I, in, in hindsight, you know, maybe I regret doing that because uh, at the time uh, I didn't have these strong, as strong feelings about the president. And when he got elected, I was among the people convincing my friends, give this guy a shot. You might remember I was on your show promoting um, some unity rallies we had around the valley to, in the wake of unrest about the presidential election. We were bringing together to say, calm down as a country, let's move forward together. Um, and I believe that at the time, and I still believe we can do that again. But uh, my worst fears were realized with this guy. He um, just ignores experts. I thought he'd surround himself with people that could help him do the job, that would would hold the reins of power in check, that the balance, checks and balances would work, that our institutions in this country would be secure. Um, but when people disagree with him, he chases them out of the the government when people disagree with him he he's a bully he his behavior it, that's the most striking thing and as a not even as a republican it's just as a good person 
he exhibits behaviors that we would punish in our children. And so why do we find it tolerable in our chief executive? And so you just want to take him out of the woodshed and spank him? <laughs> uh, Politically uh, speaking. <laughs> metaphor. It's a metaphor. So, Okay. Uh, John, we'll give you the last word. We really appreciate you elaborating on this. Uh, it's, hopefully it'll be a good conversation starter for us today in the beginning of the end of this disunity that you described that has uh, really hurt the country. Uh, we'll give you an additional remark. Oh, that's kind of you. The last word is, I have great hopes for this country and always have had. I have great hopes for our party and always have had. I just think that we need to be true to the values on which our party was founded and on the hope that still is America. And I think that means looking at the top and demanding moral leadership. I think that means voting our conscience and supporting one another to vote our conscience. And, you know, in this election, it's country over party, your conscience above all. So... Um, people know where to find me. I'm on Facebook. If anyone wants to talk to me about this, they can private message me. I, this is so important. Um, I just appreciate folks keeping an open mind, being respectful about the dialogue, as you two always are. And um, you, our democracy is better when we all participate. So thank you both for, for allowing another voice to be heard. Thank you, John. Take, appreciate your time. do appreciate that. Thank you so much, John. Listen, this week we'll have some other folks with uh, strong feelings on both sides of this issue. Check it in. So. And we'll read the texts that we've received that tear you apart after, oh, the, after you're gone. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I disagree. No, not terrible. We'll read the bottom one first while John's well, good, on well, the, one, the, the good one says, good morning. Wow, a Republican who tells the truth. Great guest. Thanks. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank All you right. so much. Thank you, John. You guys, you guys stay well and healthy. Thank you. You too, sir. Thank Take you care. Much. John Meckley, a Milton area resident on the board of the Milton Public Library and Evangelical Community Hospital and uh, uh, adamant Republican, but uh, very clear about uh, his uh, voting interest this fall. We would invite you to voice your voting interest. Next up, 1-800-795-9565 is our open line. 1-800-795-9565. You're welcome uh, now also to email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark, 1-800-795-9565. Got some open lines, uh, but we won't have time for more calls, most likely. At this segment. Yes, until the 9 a.m. hour. Carl, you're on the Mark. Thanks for calling in. Well, good morning. Wow, where <laughs> did you dig up that rhino at? I didn't know whether to cry, whether to puke, whether to laugh. Oh, come on now. I mean, I mean, come on. You know, you're talking about... You know, we're not hiring our preacher here. We're hiring somebody to straighten out this country. 
Can you imagine getting Joe Biden in there and him picking the next two, maybe four Supreme Court justices? Can you imagine him shutting down fracking? Can you imagine taking away our guns? I mean, where did you get this guy at? He's not a Republican. He admitted he's a progressive. And Republicans are not progressive. We're conservatives. Yes, we cling to our God. We cling to our guns. Uh, this, this guy just really made me sick. Well, he brings up a point, though. There is a lot of moral ambiguity associated with the president. You know, and, and, and I like to listen. I'm, I'm, I'm not debating. I'm not debating that, but I'm not listening to him on Sunday morning out of the pulpit. No, I agree he, with you I, on that. I, I want him to keep doing what he's doing economically. I mean, look at the way this economy was before this pandemic hit. And everybody say, oh, he didn't have a plan. He didn't have a plan. Who in the heck had a plan for this pandemic? Nobody had a plan for this pandemic. You know, look, at the, look what the governors did. Look what the New York governor did, allowing the elderly people, telling them they had to go back into the nursing home. Same with our governor. We didn't know what this was going to do. You can't blame that on Trump. But my gosh, it's people, wake up. If we end up with four uh, justices picked by uh, the Democrats, this country's over. I think what you'll have, if you get four more justices from this president, <laughs> this country is over as we now know well, it. As you, as you would, uh, would have it. And oh, in, in a very <laughs> bad way. <laughs> let's, let's, hope, let's hope that Trump gets to uh, pick four justices. Well, you not, know, I agree this, with you. I think that's, that's one of the yeah, things that really concerns me is that the, the next president will certainly pick a replacement for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, you've you got more time if you want to call back after the news, Carl. We're out of time in this segment, but we thank you for calling in. And as I said, you've got more time if you call back. Take care. I appreciate that. Another emailer says, wow, honesty like that. Never before on the mark could we have him replace Joe McGranahan and Ben Reichley, says Tom. Of course, it has to yeah, be If we Tom. can get uh, somebody liberal and nuts to replace Tom, I'll go along with it. Somebody replace me, please. <laughs> You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me and opposed to me in almost every political and social and personal and business and every discussion we've ever had, really, is near. Well, it's not exactly to. true. It's ridiculous. Oh, You told me this morning it was Monday, and I agreed with you completely. <laughs> yeah, but. Was, what's the but? Say what else well, you said. Well, you weren't too sure about it. That right, was the problem. You said, yeah, but it's going to be a terrible day, and I said, no, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> On the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com and text us at 70236. We did start the conversation today with one individual who's a Republican who's choosing not to vote for uh, President Trump, and you can let us know your view on this. What's your response uh, to what we heard? We will have Claire Moyer 
Breyer is going to call us hopefully Wednesday morning. We'll talk to him, a good uh, Republican up in Lewisburg. Gary's been on the ballot. You can see his, you could have seen his name a couple times in and the past. I should mention that he wrote a similar uh, op-ed piece for the paper that, oh, did he? Uh, okay. supporting the president, which is what brought him to our attention, just as John's uh, letter brought him to our attention. Super. Okay. Fabulous. Good to know. And you can uh, listen in and participate in this discussion as you see fit. Call us 1-800-795-9565. That's our telephone numbers. We're going to check news headlines here in a moment, but then we'll open up the phones. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com, and you can do as a number of folks have done, and that's text us at uh, 70236. So we would love to hear from you today. We invite you to visit sunburymotors.com if you have a unmet car need of any kind, anything that relates to transportation at all whatsoever, they can handle. You start at sunburymotors.com. You can build a Ford, Kia, Lincoln, or Hyundai to your precise specifications or buy one of the many Ford, Lincoln, Kia, and Hyundais on their lots at the Sunbury Motor Company. And where are those lots? Well, they're on Routes 11 and 15 at Hummel's Wharf with the Kia dealership, and uh, they are on North 4th Street in Sunbury with hundreds of uh, vehicles, including many pre-owned vehicles, including some pre-owned F-150s that are real steel, low mileage with absolutely every accessory and very reasonable prices, and you'd be a very happy motorist if you were driving one of those vehicles. So uh, Sunbury Motor Company, if you don't need it, if your unmet vehicle need happens to be a tune-up or inspection or you want to get pumped up with nitrogen, go to the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. If you got a car that's got a ding or a dent, uh, you can go to the body shop of the Sunbury Motor Company, which is uh, back in the alley on the other side of 4th Street. Uh, they're super serving customers over there. If you need parts, that part shop's right next to their Quick Lane. There's just no Ford or Motorcraft part that you can't get there. So sunburymotors.com uh, is their website, and they would just love to do lots and lots of good business with you. Some brief news headlines here. Six inmates and two staff at the Northumberland County Prison have tested positive for COVID-19. Numerous other test results are still pending at the county prison. Turns out it was a 2020 Midwest High School graduate and a 32-year-old Sunbury man who died in Sunday morning's double fatal crash in Kelly Township Union County. 32-year-old Matt Joe Don of Sunbury and Joe Rodriguez of the Middleburg area died in that crash. That was early in the morning uh, on Sunday. A second positive COVID-19 test has been reported in the Mount Carmel Area School District, prompting the district to close its buildings today. No school at all whatsoever in any grade today. No extracurricular activity. The only people that have classes are those who are from Mount Carmel but attending the Northumberland County Career and Tech Center. They hope to start up the junior and the senior high school tomorrow and the elementary school. Or check that. The junior and senior high school will start on Thursday. The elementary school will start tomorrow. And you can read this uh, more succinctly and without mistake at WKOK.com. 16 new COVID-19 cases confirmed in the Valley in the state's daily update yesterday. Four new cases uh, in uh, Northumberland County, bringing the total to 672. Uh, Union County is at 371. Snyder County at 164. Montour County 133 cases of coronavirus since the pandemic began. 
State Department of Conservation and Natural Resources has some information Joe used to care about. He says they're going to lower the fiber dam in Sunbury on October 12th is the date. Assistant Regional Manager Jared Fensel says that they plan to lower the dam slowly starting on the 12th. He says it'll be a two-week process before the dam is completely lowered and then summer as we now know it uh, will be over. Temple University, the latest school to announce a halt in in-person classes. They're going online for at least two weeks at Temple. And in a, speaking of conventional wisdom, in a competition for attention at their conventions, Democrat Joe Biden scored a slight victory over President Donald Trump, but it was very close. The Nielsen Company says 23.8 million viewers watched the final hour of the Republican convention Thursday night when Trump was giving his acceptance speech from the White House. A week earlier, Nielsen said 24.6 million people watched Biden deliver his speech. The Democratic convention outrated the Republicans for three of the four nights, with Tuesday's second night the exception. Uh, Nielsen said 9.2 million people watched Trump on Fox News Channel as well while all that was underway. Not surprising. There are more registered Democrats than there are registered Republicans, so only stands to reason that they might do a little better. Okay. Whatever. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. And we have a texter who says, Biden's poll numbers, they're all Trump's fault. A never-Trumper rhino Republican wanting to get Biden elected is a fool. The Biden puppet masters will destroy this, this country, right. with Biden being used as a figurehead while they implement all of Bernie's socialist plans. Right, 1-800-795-9565. We open up the phones and we ask you, uh, if you are a good Republican and you stand for uh, morality and ethics and family values, how can you vote for him? Uh, Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning. Well, when it comes to values and ethics, I want to go back to the thing that I've been harping on for several days. And that is the, one of the top tennis players in the world, a female, one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid woman in tennis, who claims and stated that there is a genocide against blacks being carried out by police. And since she made that statement, I did not hear a single liberal or Democrat or any person say that that is a false statement and, and correct her on that. So well, it's not how, a false what, statement. What kind of culture do we have Mike. that someone can make such an outlandish <laughs> statement and it not be challenged? Mike? Yes, I'm listening. I challenge her. It's not a false statement. <laughs> it is a true statement. It's her opinion. It's just an opinion. It does. People that voice their opinions, they don't have to be factual. Heck, look at the president. Well, yeah, but, but he's got a great point. A genocide is a broader term and involves hundreds, thousands of people being killed in a systemic or not a, a planned, organized manner. None of that's true with respect to the police. We have systemic racial issues in the U.S. But the, the and police many didn't get up that morning end up dead as a result. And for her to call it a genocide is not a stretch at all. Oh, it certainly is, and it's it's. Oh, she, she should goodness, apologize for it. Look at the data. Look at the data. You you cannot defend that factually. Now let me ask you this: If I were to say, if I was the most important tennis player in the world who made millions of dollars and had my face on all these different covers of magazines, and I said that there is a left-wing genocide against police, liberals are attacking and killing police, 
That would be on every news channel. That I, I would be castigated. I would be canceled, okay? I would be canceled. But that was allowed to stand. And if you took notice, there were at least four police officers shot over the weekend. Did you notice that? Right. Not only that, but there was an incident where a black man, after a minor traffic accident, shot and killed three people who were white. Now, should we condemn every black person in the country for the insane actions of one man? No. Should we come down on every cop for the bad one or two that are in existence around the country? No. You know, the people are just getting bent out of shape about this, and they really aren't stopping to think. Exactly, because what we have, and and I'll go back to my statement, what is wrong with our culture when people in authoritative positions, respected people, can't say there is not a genocide against blacks by police, okay? I mean, because that is a fact. The, The numbers bear that out. But people are being led to believe that, and as I said last week, it's going to cause some people to act out, and it, it has happened. My example and the example that Joe just mentioned, I believe, are probably related to that statement. Now, so the, what the question is, what is wrong with our culture? That's what I want to know. Well, you bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. And here's what I looked up the word genocide. A systematic killing, systematic killing of a racial or cultural group. Deliberate extermination of a racial or cultural group. A great purge. The widespread arrests and executions of over a million people by Joseph Stalin between 36 and 38. That is a genocide. So you're saying the system, systematic racism in, racism in the U.S. and the killing of blacks at the hands of uh, police that does happen is it doesn't fit the textbook definition of a genocide, right? Is it genocide about blacks against whites because one D- black man killed three not, people? Well, let me ask the question again since you don't want to change the subject. I'm not changing the subject. Is I'm answering you. what's happening to blacks in America at the hands of police a genocide by no. textbook definition? No. It is not. Is that your opinion or is that a verifiable fact? That's a fact, fact based on the definition of the word. No, the word I think doesn't that's fit. Your opinion. Oh, come on. That's like saying no. a catastrophe is that you uh, dropped your pen on the floor. That's not a catastrophe. It's unfortunate. You had to bend over and pick it up. But it's not a catastrophe. One of our good listeners says, Men, I think your white fragility is showing, especially Mark's. <laughs> Mark. Let me, let me ask you this. Mike, do you think your is white there, fragility is, is showing? There a, is there a genocide I wouldn't answer white, it either if I were you. Please. Mike, is there a genocide against white people by police? Because based on your logic, there is. Because as of July, there were 25 whites killed by, unarmed whites killed by police as opposed to the 14 blacks that were unarmed killed by police. So there's, I, you could come out and say there is a genocide against whites by police. And then if you, if you get down to the number of interactions between police and people of uh, the race, you know, if you go and look at it by race, you're going to find out that more whites are killed per interaction than blacks. So, you know, the, the real problem is there's a systematic genocide going on against whites if you want to use figures. So you don't want anybody to say there's a genocide against blacks because you strongly disagree with that particular opinion. One of our listeners says that's an example of your white fragility. What's your reaction to that? Against my white fragility? I mean, <laughs> listen, we're using words like systematic this, fragility that. No, I'm a regular guy who went to work. I have been persecuted for things in my life, but you know what? 
I had to move on. Now, would I want to be, growing up when I grew up, would I would want to have been one of the 18 black students at the Williamsport Area School District? No, absolutely not. I would not have been one, one, wanted to be one of those. But you know what? Remember Hillary, her big campaign was forward. Listen, we have moved forward tremendously. And one party wants to take advantage of some things to take us backwards. And when I say backwards, they want to institute, you know, basically socialist uh, policies, top-down government control, take away your freedoms. And throughout history, that has been wrong. And right now, they're using every trick in the book to try to get that. They're playing whites against blacks, rich against poor. Every possible way that they can divide people for their advantage. I mean, they were for riots before they were against riots. They were killing before they were against killing. It's out of control, period. All right, it has what? nothing to do with my white fragility. Okay, gotcha. Thank you so <laughs> much. Great with you, Mike. Yeah, Thank you. Appreciate your calling in. Yeah, and since he doesn't know what it is, uh, white, fragility, look at white fragility, yeah, by definition, is discomfort or defensiveness on the part of a white person when confronted by information about racial inequality or injustice. I think someone accused you of that. <laughs> All three of us, Mike, you, well, especially you and Mike. But since I'm part of the problem, not speaking up adamantly <laughs> enough with factual opinions about this, I'm part of the problem. I guess I'm supposed to step up a little bit more. So, in other words, we're not woke, but uh, you are. No, they're saying <laughs> they're saying uh, they're saying that we three, Mike, you, and me, uh, S, you. <laughs> blank at uh, oh really that was the word they used at understanding what's really <laughs> happening here I see and they are so well tuned they know better than the rest of the world what's right and what's wrong Joe are you enjoying discomfort or defensiveness no I'm not being defensive but I I don't <laughs> like the I don't like the use of the word you know words White are important fragility. to me they uh, my career right. has been words you know I started out doing what you do I wrote news stories for a lot of years I was a news director I so, don't write news stories well anyway, I know but ahead. you did you were a news director as was I earlier in my career. So you and I both know that words count. Meanings of words count. When you use a word, it should reflect what actually is happening. To call it a genocide is absolutely absurd. Over the years, through all your wisdom and your wokeness, did you not learn that opinions are important? And if somebody has an opinion, you shouldn't just be defensive and discard it. You should probably look into it and well, learn more. All right, if I have an opinion that if I take the one tire off my car, I can drive down the road. I can't. It's physically impossible. The car will fall on its nose. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, you know, when you see something that is absolutely incorrect, you're all saying the president's making all these absurd statements and lying. Right. But then when somebody on the other side does it, oh, well, that's okay. They, that's their opinion. <laughs> lying. The president has... That's his opinion. <laughs> the president has it down to a science. Other people just have no, it as a No, it's his opinion, Mark. He's allowed to have it. It's his opinion. Right. The alternative facts are back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It is... It's a Monday morning. We have a good discussion going. We've got two callers waiting. We've got some text pending. We'll take emails sent to on the market, WKOK.com. More texts are sent to 70236. John Meckley helped get us started with his opinion about why he has chosen not to vote for President Trump. Another good listener sends us a text. It says that we three are enjoying white fragility here because we don't want to hear about the uh, genocide of blacks at the hands of uh, police. That is one woman's opinion. And what's your opinion? 
opinion. That's what we want to know. That's where this part comes in. 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We've got good callers waiting. Lance, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in and for waiting through the break. Go right ahead. Okay. Well, I originally started to uh, say that it's really terrible that the fellow was willing to, uh, willing to allow, like, the murder of 2,600 uh, innocents every day if we take the other side's ideas. Um, Lance, I'm sorry to say this to you. Can you speak up? We I can't know, hear I you. I know you have a good connection out there, so just uh, voice a little louder okay, if you right. can. But we did what hear you. Can you hear me good now? Yep, yes. we heard the 2,600 deaths per day from abortion is what Joe Biden stands for, correct? Right, that's, okay. what, that's what I'm saying. And uh, just based on that, I don't care basically what Trump is. He is not for that, and he will fight and that's a litmus he, test for you. Yeah. Gotcha. He, he came to the same conclusion that I did for the same reasons. He was just as much for it as what I was at one time. So I could really relate to his uh, conversion and that he was sincere about it. But here now, you come on to the genocide deal. Now, what about an outfit, a uh, organization, that has on its founding statement that... Blacks are human weeds that need to be exterminated. Is we're back genocide? to we're back to Margaret Sanger again. I hate to say it, but you have well, your yeah. you have your yeah, uh, that's Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. That that is what they were started for was to eliminate. I believe she called it the Negro problem. Okay. So here we have now here. I believe they've disavowed her now. Have yeah, they and not? Yeah, is, is that still that's still that's yeah. not their that's not their principle anymore. But that's still their oh, mission yeah. statement. Well, if you go to their website, <laughs> I'll go to the website. ACLU, we're talking about. No, right? no, no. We're talking about Planned Parenthood. Oh, Planned Parenthood. Okay, let me. I'll look at their mission <laughs> statement. Somehow I feel as though that's not there. But we'll look okay. it up. We'll, we'll take your. I'm sure uh, prompt. it's no longer there. <laughs> right. We'll take your prompt oh. and look it up. Why is it? that only left-wing organizations can turn on a dime, whereas a conservative one that maybe have been based that way but isn't like that now, they never accept that. Really. Take, well, here's a good example. Is Who we union. are. There we go. From my union. On their masthead that was in front of the 
union headquarters up until at least 2000, it says, American-born white men, sober, of good moral character, skilled in their craft and given to enterprise, to hereby organize. Okay. And who's this? Who's who did this particular one? Oh, this is his union. He's oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure they've changed uh, their mission. Yeah, the mission of Planned Parenthood now, they say, is know, to provide and promote. Uh, is to provide and promote access to essential reproductive health care services and comprehensive sexuality education. People need to live healthy communities. So nothing about strong. weeds, huh? Right. Nothing about <laughs> weeding out uh, black. So I would say that they've dropped that. And you're, you're saying that just happened recently. No, it's uh, happened a while back. <laughs> oh, well, what I'm saying is you won't give Washington or Jefferson or Lincoln or anybody like that you know, that their organization is now different, would you? They don't. They want to tear everything down from the bottom. If you really wanted to do it the way they um, did, you know, like the, uh, all the Jeffersons and the Washington stuff, they want to you know, destroy everything that ever, ever, ever did because they own slaves. But you will just say that uh, now the folks that uh, they're, they don't they aren't like that now. But you can only do that with a left wing organization. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Thank All right. You. Yep. All we right, got you, Stan. Okay. No joke. Appreciate that, uh, Stan. You're next up. Go right ahead. Good morning. Uh, you know what they say about opinions, right? Everybody's got one, just like they got something else. You know the same. <laughs> yes, we're but familiar we with it. There. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We had one caller who went there last week, and we had to beep him twice. So. <laughs> That's funny. But we all know what we're talking about. Anyways, you know, I'm sorry that Mr. Meckley had his sensibilities, you know, uh, how should I put, offended by Trump. You know, Trump said what he was going to do the day he came down the escalator, what he wanted to do for the country, and he's carried out as much as he possibly could with and without the help of Congress. Now, when he went without the help of Congress, he stayed within the confines of the Constitution. And when he did it with the help of the Congress, he had to really push and pull to get them to actually go along. So, but if that had been a Democrat, you know, it just they would have just, ah, yeah, whatever. You know, by, uh, Obama, you know, he did his, hey, he had his phone and his pen so he could do whatever he wanted. At least that's what he told us if Congress wouldn't go along with him. You know, Trump did some executive orders but he knows the confines of the Constitution is what he uh, stayed within. And all these people that are saying Trump's bad, Trump's bad, Trump's bad. You know, I'll get, immigration is, is illegal immigration is one of the first examples. He said he wanted to build a wall, and they fought him, fought him, fought him. But all these people that are saying that, years ago, Obama, you got Schumer, you got uh, Clinton, all of them saying that illegal immigration is bad. You can't have people just walking across the border without knowing who they are, blah, 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 blah. Yet, everyone, as soon as Trump said it, it was all evil, racist, and all that. And all those people in the past have voted to fund the border wall, fund, uh, fund border security, and what happened to that money? And most of it went away. It never got implemented. But Trump has come along and wanted to do that. And that's for the security of America. I do not understand how people that say they're Republicans are not for securing the American border. Well, as Nancy Pelosi famously said, just because they're here, here illegally doesn't mean they've broken any laws. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. She really right. showed up. Yes, she did. Yeah, that's, that, that's a good way. But then that's what they think about everything. You know, there's no there's no uh, riots in uh, Portland or Seattle and now Kenosha. There's no riots there. They're just mostly peaceful protesters as they burn city, they burn the you know buildings and businesses down and car lots and 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 attack federal officers and and just the police officers or the people that come out of the White House on Thursday night when they're just trying to go home, they are surround them and verbally attack them. And I'm sure if the cops hadn't been there, they would have physically attacked them. Yeah, they were accosted. There's videos of some of them being physically attacked. Right. Well, then there was the lady who said, and I don't remember who it was, I think she was a, a Democratic politician, that just because of the burning down buildings and property that can be replaced isn't violence. I love that quote. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, because cause the insurance will pay for it. Now, I don't know about what insurance will and won't pay because, you know, you've got so many riders and clauses and get-outs in most of those policies that most people don't read. Will they pay for buildings burnt because of riots and civil unrest? You know, I, question. <laughs> I don't think so, this. I don't. Well, if they catch them, they could probably. Uh, um, hold on. If they catch them, they could probably um, make sure that them? they. Uh, yes. Get. Get. What do they call it? Restitution. Thank Restitution. you. But we know how the courts do that. It's like a, a dime a week. You have to pay a dime a week for one hundred and thirteen thousand years. <laughs> yeah, those people have nothing to start with. They're dregs of society. They ain't got squat to pay anything to anybody. Well, I think at this point, maybe we could sort of lop off the extremists in all of these discussions. If we're going to, what John Meckley called attention to the fact that he has hope, which uh, if we're going to keep hope alive, who used that famous phrase, Joe? Jesse Jackson. Come on. <laughs> anyway, so if we're going to yeah. keep hope alive, maybe we could lop off the extremes from both ends and really work towards, uh, you know, can we identify things that would really help America? For example, you mentioned the border wall, and I've always <laughs> said uh, that I think w- that there's nothing wrong with having a strong border, including, uh, you know, either a brick wall or uh, the wall that they're building down there is sort of like a metal plus electronic surveillance type situation. I don't have any problem with that. And I, I think... That's an example of where, you know, Democrats, some Democrats may want open borders. I don't think that's true, but that would be an extreme view. So let's lop that off. So, you know, President Trump wants a brick wall from uh, the Gulf of Mexico to the uh, uh, to the Pacific. Pacific. So, right. So should we do that? Well, do we have to? Absolutely. Is, okay. Well, then. All right. So that there's your view. And, and so let's do that then. Let's do that. I just think if this country is being torn in two and President Trump is doing the polling from his end, and yes, every Democrat's on the other side polling, I think the rest of us have to you know, keep hope alive and find that middle. Joe has something he has to well, say here. No, I'm just looking at, at what happened over the weekend on MSNBC. Uh, one of their commentators said this about the Republican National Convention. That was not a Saturday Night Live sketch, she said, after noting that the RNC hosted at least a dozen African-American speakers alone. She went on to say, I watched the Republican convention, and seeing the slew of black speakers that they had, it really did look like a modern-day minstrel show to me. Did they have? You know, that's that. You know, and then they're saying that that racist. Well, it is racist, and it came from a a black woman on MSNBC. And you know, where's the outrage over this? Were there black women at the convention? No, this was a black woman on MSNBC. No, were there black women at the Republican convention? Yes, there were black women at the Republican convention. Who? And she, um, what's her name? Um, No, it was. Gosh, I can't think of her name. What was so, uh, the lady who's running for Congress in Baltimore who had just an okay. absolutely devastating... So there were a few. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Stan, we'll give you a quickie remark, and then we've got to take a break. But this is the problem here, you know, that the left is saying, oh, the right is so horrible, they're so terrible, and they're just as bad. All right. Maybe worse. Well, that, Go ahead, Stan. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that, that's about as racist as you can come calling people part of a minstrel show because they have a They disagree with you, right. All right. Thank yeah, you so that, much, that, Stan. That's racist on its face. Thank you, sir. Thanks for always being a good texter. And uh, believe it or don't, what happened here, John? I, that's what I'm asking you. Our text disappeared. We had about six <laughs> texts going, and they all disappeared for some reason. So if you have texted us in the past hour and you w- strongly wish we read that, please send, send it again. again. <laughs> uh, I don't even think we're on the right screen. Does that even? I don't well, know. anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Stan. Thank you, Stan. <laughs> we'll do this off mic. Uh, text us at 70236 if you did in the past hour because we're not showing any texts at the moment. We'll take a break and regroup. <laughs> right. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. We One found is. our texts. Yeah, they came back. <laughs> so we, it's now amazing. We get, now we got repeats. So we'll start at the end as the new one, as the repeats come in. Okay. we start there. Says, uh, laughing out loud, Trump, we're being told, can't uh, claim to have a great economy before COVID and then not take credit for what's going on now. I guess that goes the same for the leftist Democrats and the other riots in Democratic-controlled cities. They said they were all peaceful and no problem, but now that the riots are affecting... Um, well, we did that one, didn't we go. Didn't affecting... One. We don't have the end of that. We don't have the end of that one. Well, in any event... Sorry about that. We don't have it. Uh, Another texter says, My conscience is just fine, and I can live with my decision to vote for Donald Trump. He has put America first, unlike the last four presidents who have put our interests behind those of others. And another emailer on the other side of the issue says, or texter rather says, Good morning. I can't wait until people see the real Trump for what he is doing to our country. He is for lawlessness. He's fueling the hate in America. And here's an excellent point from one of our texters. said, the Nielsen ratings, and this was the story you read that the Democrats slightly outdrew the Republicans in on the mainstream networks. Mm-hmm. The Nielsen ratings are only counting TV viewership, not the online viewers. Add all those together, and the RNC surpassed the DNC. People went online to get unfiltered view of the convention, not the biased coverage of the mainstream media. I agree with that. So the, do I. This thing where they keep cutting away. While people are speaking, and well, here, they did it on Fox, they were doing it on NPR. Great example of it. Glad you brought that up. Go right because ahead. Because I have it right here. Chinese rights activist Chen Guangcheng 
who was persecuted after drawing attention to forced abortions under the Chinese Communist Party's notorious one-child policy, said Wednesday that President Trump has shown the courage to wage the fight needed to stop the Communist Party's aggression in China. Viewers tuned to some of the television networks would have missed his speech to the Republican National Convention. However, they chose to skip it. Chen, blind since infancy, delivered his speech while reading Braille. Standing up to tyranny is not easy. He said, when I spoke out against China's one-child policy and other injustices, I was prosecuted, beaten, sent to prison, and put under house arrest by the Chinese Communist Party. He was cut by the mainstream media. He was not aired on CNN, and he was not aired on MSNBC. But he was on Fox. He was. They carried his He was on NPR. Right, but, well, no, I think NPR cut him, too. I was like, PBS then skipped both Chen and Representative Lee Zeldin of New York before returning to the convention. It says, just as the RNC program arrived at the point of Chen's speech, PBS broke away from its live coverage with NewsHour host Judy Woodruff turning to a panel of commentators. We've got a few minutes, and I want to hear from our analysts. Oh, yeah, we've got a few minutes, because there's an important speaker (laughs) whose message we don't want to hear. Who says (laughs) that President Trump has stood up to these dictators, who has stood up to China, who is, you know, taking them on, but we don't want to hear that speech because it doesn't fit our narrative. And Mr. Chen, well, you know, he's just an agitator. Right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565, our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, that's an interesting point. I just think it's terrible that I was watching, and I was watching on uh, PBS, and they would do this all the time. They would just determine, I guess, like every other speaker was not worthy, and so they would cut away, and then they have a panel of liberal commentators who would, you know, explain explain what you were seeing. I was really disappointed. So, yeah, and at one point I did watch the uh, convention online because that was unfiltered, and you could just watch it without commentator. You know, commentators are fine, but not in the middle of somebody's speech. They just stop and said, okay, well, we're going to step away from that. Or as uh, CNN says, uh, we have breaking news. Our panel of discussion people say that the previous speaker you heard there is issuing false statements. So <laughs> Right. But Fox stayed with that good speaker? That's my understanding. Okay. Yes. I got you. Good but you know, that's, that's... They were doing the same thing earlier where they, they you get a speaker, they don't let them start. They just don't let them... Yeah, they don't let them begin so you don't get to hear it. And then you realize there was another speaker while they were doing... Fox was doing the same thing. We had talked about this a week right. ago. You'll remember. All right. We got our caller standing by. Uh, let's, let's kill the last two texts okay. and then that'll take care of that. says, good morning. I can't wait. Oh, I just read that one. Oh, and it's the same one. He sent it oh, back in because repeats. we told okay, him we, we told him we, we lost right. them, but we found them again. So. Eric, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I'm just going to say that um, it took a lot of courage for uh, Mr. Meckley to call in this morning and express his opinion, which obviously is, is unpopular here in the Valley. But I, I give him uh, kudos both for you gentlemen for putting him on and for him to stand up for what he believes as a, as a Republican. I'm uh, just wondering, the person coming on Wednesday, is that going to be a Democrat now in support of Trump, or couldn't you find one? No, it's a Republican. But, <laughs> it, you know, it's interesting that you ask. We put out an invitation. There okay. was a story that's not getting a lot, of co- a lot of coverage, but six Democratic mayors in Minnesota have banded together to endorse Trump for re-election. They say the Dems have moved too far left. And again, it's a mayor, mayors of six Democratic mayors in Minnesota. Now, that's not getting a lot of coverage, is it? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because my concern is in um, Kenosha. Uh, you as a mayor, Joe, 
if things were calming down, which they are, they had peaceful demonstrations over the weekend, would you want the president to come into your city and get things riled up again? I would say that would depend on what he's going to say and what his intent is in coming. If his intent um, is to rile things up, or if you're just saying the people will be upset, the people on the left will be upset because he's there, these are probably the same people who uh, surrounded uh, Senator Rand Paul and wanted to yell and scream at him and push and shove him. They'd be upset no matter what. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, too, but you didn't answer my question. I would have if no problem. Had, if if I something would, happened in, in, in Schmokin Dam, heaven forbid, and there were there was riots, heaven forbid, but things were calming down. Would you want any political figure outside of your purview to come in and start getting things riled up again? I would say you would not. Well, then, as would, a mayor, do you think Joe Biden should show up? He's planning on going there tomorrow or the day after the president. Should he go? Uh, the, the president's going tomorrow, Joe. I, I've not heard about Mr. Biden going. I know Mr. Biden and his group have outreach to the family, uh, which is a tragic situation, and I'm not sure we have all the facts in on that, but. Uh, and the family said this morning that they have not heard from the president, or so apparently he's not going there to. No, he is going there to talk down. to the. He is going there to talk to the family, as I understand it. I heard this morning reporting on one of the channels. I don't remember which one that he was had reached out to the family and wanted to talk to them. Uh, on ABC, they had the uncle, who's a spokesman for the family, said they have not heard from the president or any of his people. Okay, when was when anyway, was that? Um, when was that? The, the real reason I I ch wanted to check in was. Because uh, you you weren't here on Friday, I think the president spoke and had his wrap up on Thursday night, right? Right. Didn't it concern you that there was such a public um, use, or I mean, a, a uh, pointed use of public land in support of one political uh, person, which is unprecedented? You know, I love that word, uh, unprecedented. That, whole, and you talk about Mr. Rand, uh, Rand Paul. The reason he was in there was because they were using public land to promote a, a political candidate. How did how did the use of the White House promote a candidate? Everybody knows that's where the president lives, and whether you like him or not, okay, Trump is the so, president. So the, the president's speech was in the purview of the president of the United States, not a purview of someone trying to get reelected. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I'm telling you that the president of the United States was broadcasting from his home. Just as Joe Biden did. He you lives, know, on, the, he he lives invited, on the front lawn of the White House. He invited how many hundreds of people into the front yard of of uh, the White House, which is not his home. It's it's the home of the current standing president, but it's owned by the people of the United States of America. Well, Eric, does he have permission? What killed me to the bone. I want to, I'll end with this. Does he what have killed me to the bone, however, was that fireworks display. And the final thing said, you know, Trump um, 2020. And it framed the... Uh, Washington Monument in it. That sent chills down my spine, gentlemen. It reminded me of Adolf Hitler and his, his speech to the Reichstag and everyone up there saying, Sig Heil, Sig Heil. Now, if our president has not tried to calm things down, and let's face it, he sent his people, his stormtroopers, I'm going to call them, into Portland over the weekend, which was calming down, and then we had more riots now. He is going to mark my words here today on Monday, the 31st of August, after the president attends uh, up in Wisconsin tomorrow, Kenosha tomorrow, there will be more riots after he is there. He is there to instigate and not to create harmony. All right. Thank you so much. That's appreciate my opinion. Thank you. Yep. appreciate the call. Uh, Al, thanks for waiting. You are on the mark. Wow. <laughs> he had me right up to Hitler. But anyways, and Stig Heil. <laughs> 
I called about the lady that said about the fantasize. And uh, that's happening every day. I gave you the statistics on that. I heard them repeat it again today, which is good. People are listening. And But it's not just the United States problem with this abortion on demand. It's, no, no, uh, you're, Al, you're, you're missing something. She was calling the, the war on black people by police genocide. Not She wasn't talking about abortion. Yeah, I know, but that's that's not even close to what abortion is. That's by correlation. Okay. You know, we got there's it. a correlation that she's, you know, forgetting about all the other problems in the world. And our biggest problem is the Chinese are doing it, we're doing it. Uh, the abortion of the unborn child is, you know, going against God, and it's the world thing. So I figure, you know, we're going to get what we deserve if we don't straighten up. Um, and people calling and comparing our president to Hitler and uh, when he is the only one making a stand against this and have people up there on his side expressing how wrong we think it is and we'd be much better off. And I don't think it's even a, a left and a right uh topic i think it's a human topic abortion is a human topic it's not left i'm i agree with it right i disagree with it it's a human thing and we're talking about humans and we're talking about real life well i mean you're you're saying that the president has taken a moral stand here on this one issue and i think what mr megley's point was that his moral stands on other issues are less uh, pleasant. Who's Mr. Meckley to say? You know, who's Mr. Meckley? I don't even know who he is to say. Well, he's had. But, he's a very well-known Republican in the area, and I, I, you know, someone called him a rhino. John's no rhino. He is a Republican. He just happens to disagree in this issue. That's all. Well, that's okay, but you know, I'm just being facetious there with who's Mr. Meckley, because it's one vote, one person. Right. Uh. You know, so what What makes his carry any more weight than mine? Nothing. That's why we're all created equal, and this country provides that right and liberty to all of us. So if we don't protect it and protect our human right to live, well, we're, the rest of it just doesn't seem to really matter a whole lot. But, you know, as issues go in this campaign, I don't hear a lot of people talking about abortion as an issue in this campaign. Because I hear a lot of... If we bring it out, we're going to lose because it's such a hot topic thing that it's really going to push some buttons, and, and it should. It's such a hot, top, hot topic um, and such a, a moral outrage to people deep down inside to even think about it. You know, it, it's just a, a awful thing that happens, and we let our Supreme Court go ahead and make it a law. But they don't make laws. It's not a law. That's it's the, it was an opinion about a law, and that's what the Supreme yeah. Court does. But here's the thing. Whether you like it or not, this isn't a country that's based on anybody's particular religious views. It's based on the Constitution. And the, okay. whether we like it or not, like the Supreme to... Court ruled that the Constitution per- permits abortion. And, and that's so, how it's going to be reversed. That's how it's going to be reversed, because the Constitution couldn't decide when life begins. There's two things in the abortion, and now we know when life begins. So the ruling that they made that on, next time it goes to court, they're going to lose. Well, 
That depends on the makeup of the Supreme Court, I would suspect. Well, and it's on the way, and too. That's exactly what they're afraid of, because we got to wait until our ammo is full and our coffers are full, and then we can go at it, because we're only going to get one chance. All right, we got you, Al. Thank you so Thank much. You. Yep, thanks for calling in. Uh, one of our listeners, go ahead, Joe. Says, laughing out loud, poor Eric got triggered by Trump's acceptance speech. Boo-hoo. What was the setting that he thought was Hitler-like? Uh, the Trump 2020 and fireworks behind the Washington Monument. Oh, I got you. He okay. thought that was the equivalent of uh, Hitler. One of their uh, And they actually did have rallies. fireworks that outlined Hitler's face. Oh. And spinning swastikas, you know, I I disagree with Eric. I mean, it's too easy. To let's well, let's let's compare the president to Hitler. Suppose we uh, we compare Joe Biden to uh, Khrushchev or to uh, <laughs> Lenin or Stalin <laughs> or Putin. Oh wait, no, he's an ally. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Dan, you're going to get 30 seconds, but we are going to give it to you. So, Dan, please go right ahead. You know, Mr. Mackley represents the reason why many of us do not care about the label Republican. I could care less. It's what the person stands for. All right, we That's got it. you. Thank yep. you, Dan. <laughs> Thank, and please call us back first thing tomorrow. We'll get you back on the radio. This is WDK, okay, Sunbury.